This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And we found out during the uh, pre-show, he's he's not a fan of my bits today. He's not a fan of me suggesting we're going to do a two-hour show and eat into his uh, regular show. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, Bobby, and yes, uh, you've painted me as an awful person. You know I would do anything for the Love of the Star podcast. No, I'm serious. I, I do it. Bobby, I hope you're doing well. You would do a uh, six-hour show as long as it just didn't – like you have to do a show. You have to be on the well, radio. If you, if you told me I didn't have to be on the radio from uh, 2 to 6.30 today, I would absolutely do a podcast. I, I love – I'm serious, and I love Love of the Star podcast. I really, really do. I think it's – um, it's there's a lot of different platforms I get to be on, and I'm blessed on every one of them. 105.3 The Fan is a full-time paying job, and love that. I love working with DallasCowboys.com. You and I do that with the draft show and uh, the Cowboys break and stuff like that. But the love of the star was something I'd, I'd be honest with you, Bobby, I never, I never dreamed it was going to be like this. It's a fun show to do. Uh, the response that we get from the, the the fans out there, the the men and women that you know take the time to listen, we we can't thank you guys enough. We really do. There's a, a little competition within our uh, you know to pull back the curtain a little bit. There's a little competition within our, our organization here at Odyssey, and you know we're one of the top podcasts in the in the league, and and that that's all because of you guys. Seriously, I'm not just blowing smoke up your rear here. I'm. I'm thanking you guys for really taking Bobby and I and, and embracing what we're trying to do. And, there, you know, there's a reason why other podcasts and stuff take time off. I'm not interested in taking time off because I think there's, I think there's still stuff that you could talk about even in the offseason leading up to, to camp. And, heck, I, I'm willing to do that, and I know you're willing to do that as well. Well, since you uh, suggest that, you said you're not interested in time off and you would do multiple hours, maybe I'll make you I do would. Maybe I'll make you do a four-hour show on July 4th. And How about maybe that? Do- July 4th. Okay, yeah, I'm on. You and I, July we'll, 4th. We'll like, do it? Let's do it. Let's do it from 8 to noon Central. How about that? On July 4th. Okay. Okay. Eight to four, right. eight, I'm going to hold you to eight it. To noon, 8 to noon on July 4th. You going to hold me to that one? 
I, I am. We'll talk. We'll talk to the fan management. See if we can do it on the fan airways because we're supposed to be holiday. I love, I love working on holidays. You know me. So, I all love right. Working all right. Well, well, then then we shall see. Brian, we've got our, our our dead period here. This is our lull. This is the no. It's not a lull. There's stuff to talk about, Bobby. There, don't tell there, people there, that. There is. There is. But this is the in terms of active news. This is going right. to be the sleepiest time of the year for NFL well, teams. Well, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills had some news today. Their star wide receiver didn't show up. You know, Diggs didn't show up for the mandatory workouts. And does any concern that there might be some brotherly guy not showing up for some stuff? He showed up for the he showed up for the mandatories, but I wonder if there's some contract stuff going on here with uh, Big Brother there in uh, in Buffalo. You know. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it looks to be. Even though he signed a, a fresh deal, maybe it's just he wants out in general. Maybe he'd like to come to Dallas. Who knows? You, you never know. He did. He did grow up a Cowboys fan. I'm just saying. Yeah. Somebody. I think it was. I think it was on. Uh, I was driving in. I was listening to the Kevin Hagelin go. Uh, that uh, he goes. Uh, well, maybe this is that you get both digs here, and you get one to give a contract reduction, and you get the corner done. And I'm like. It doesn't seem like neither one of those brothers are interested in anybody messing with that money. You know, you don't don't expect don't expect any. I think that's going to be the hardest one to do, Bobby. Probably. I think that's going to be the hardest contract for the for Adam Pacifica, Todd Williams, Stephen Jones. I, I just think that is going to be a tough one for them to do because the player rightfully has a. I'm not going to say a concern. The player has a right to say, hey, listen, I'm one of the most productive corners in the league. You know, you look at the numbers. You want to base it on turnovers and PBUs and stuff like that. I mean, he's one of the one of the you know best corners in the league. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's there's some flaws to his game. Everybody knows his flaws. We've seen his flaws. But, you know, he's going to and and rightfully so, feel like that he is one of the best cornerbacks in the league and deserves to be paid like that. I think this is going to be a very, very, very tough negotiation. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that one at all. No, I, I think you're right. I think that that's going to be the most difficult one because it's also the one where the opinions about him vary so much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think everybody's in agreement on Lamb and what kind of a player Lamb is, and right. And you know, I think that they they understand what they have to do with Dak Prescott's contract just to right. free up money. Not that that'll be an easy one, but I think Diggs is the one. That's going like, to be hard too. Yeah, that's going to be I, Bobby. Real quick on that, and I know I just interrupt you. I'm sorry. I didn't. No, no, you're good. But but do you think that with France you're going to get again another short deal to try and get back to the market as quickly as? I mean, this seems like to me that that's Todd France's way of operating. That like, okay, I'll deal with you, but I'm going to deal with you on short contracts. Is that? I mean, we're not going to see a Mahomes 10-year kind of a no. thing or no, six-year. We're not going to see any of that, are we? This no, no. No, I, I don't think you will. But, I mean, the good news here is that if you do a – if you get another four-year extension, this is the benefit this time. There's two years left on the deal, so you could actually have a six-year deal. You could get a six-year out of it, yeah. Which would be great. Yeah. If they could get a four-year extension done and they could get the flexibility of a six-year deal, I think they'd be all over that. Um, I, I don't – think I wouldn't guess that he's just going to ask for a two-year extension I would guess they're going to lock him in a little bit um because three? That's you think that you think it's a three maybe I, I still think I, hey we're just we're sense. just we're just playing like yeah, everybody we're just, we're else talking about it. I mean yeah. I, I haven't talked to anybody over there I just know that the history of the agent is he's he would like to get his guys back to the table and he's gotten remember we just went through this whole thing with Dak didn't we 
Didn't we go yeah. through two or three years of every time we did a show, we were talking about, well, what about this and what about that? And it seems like, gosh, we're right back to where we were, you know, two, three years ago with this contract. Right. Because, because they dragged their feet getting it done and let them hit the yeah. open market, they yeah. didn't get the extension year benefit. Well, they will argue with you, Robert. They will argue mm-hmm. with you on this. They will say, listen, they didn't drag their feet. The agent made it difficult for them to deal with. Now, that, again, I, I'm... I just feel like because I've 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 thrown out there the drag your, your feet bit, and they're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. The agent wasn't going to sign that deal. Agent wasn't going to, and the agent. Let's be honest. The agent was in the middle of transferring his uh, from uh, from where he was going, you know, where he was working to where he currently is working now. Yeah, from you look CAA at all, to the, look at all the players. Yeah, you look at all the players that he got franchise tax for. Nobody was interested. He wasn't interested in moving those contracts. No, you know, none of them. Yeah. I, I believe it was Bud Dupree, Justin Simmons, and Dak. Yeah. yeah, all of them. All of them franchise tag. I had heard chatter too that I don't know if it ever happened. It was strictly a rumor, but I had heard chatter that the PA might have been looking into that to say, mm, okay, why, what, what's yeah. going on here? Is everything on the up and up? Uh, but that was a couple of years ago. But I will say this: they dragged their feet in the sense that I know the first. Uh, lobbied figure to the Dak Prescott camp was twenty five million a year, and that right. was, that's not a good faith negotiation. That wasn't ever going to be the price, and that's yeah. where they kind of dragged. No, it. and I, and I, again, there's time. two sides to this thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I trust me. There are people that are listening to this podcast that I absolutely love. It that 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 said the same exact thing. Hey, why did they drag? They had a chance. They had a chance. They had a chance to do this. They had a chance mm-hmm. to do that. But then they they come up to you because they're listening to this podcast and they're going, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. That guy was never going to sign that deal. You know, we we made yeah. offers in good faith and they never were going to come to the table with that. So it it definitely was a two way street. You could you could clearly the agent played the game, the Cowboys played the game, but you know they're going to have to go back to the table because you're right, the cap number that they're currently at is just not that's not feasible. Well, maybe we get uh, maybe we get some contracts done sometime in this six week lull. That'd be nice. Uh, you know, the Cowboys. I think you're going to get one before camp. I bet you get that'd one be done great. before camp. That'd be I great. And I, yeah. I would, if I was going to say one of them would get done first, I would guess it'd be Dak or Lamb. Yeah, that's what that's Dak what I would mainly. Say. Dak mainly just because of the urgency of we probably need to free up some money, Lamb, because I think that's the one that's going to be the easiest to do in terms of the parameters are all there. The agent for CeeDee Lamb has repped A.J. Brown, who's one of the most recent receivers to get paid, Debo Samuel. So you can work off parameters that say, okay, this is what you've negotiated. This is sort of the market. Let's do this. Uh, so I think there is a, a a bit of an easier benefit there for that. Um, but I think it's good. What, what, man, I'm doing a great job of just totally interrupting you today. <laughs> good. My apologies. Uh, I'm just excited to talk about things. The, the thing about, okay, uh, 20 – Six to twenty-eight million dollar lamb, or twenty-one to twenty-three million dollar digs. Which one are you feeling better about? Twenty-six to twenty-eight uh, lamb, because lamb's got two years left on his deal. You can massage that number over the life of the deal better. Um, but you feel you feel better. But do you feel better about paying digs? Or no, excuse me. You you feel better about paying lamb? I mean, twenty-six to twenty-eight million, or paying the the corner. 20 to 22 say i feel i feel i feel good i I got that corner number right yeah no no, you are right i I think he's got i think Diggs is going to ask for around 22 
Yeah, that's uh, what I think too. Yeah, and I, I think I think Diggs ends up around twenty. Um, and so I think the question ultimately, I think it's Diggs at twenty. I think it's Lamb at about twenty-seven and a half, probably. Let's, let's do some terrible, terrible uh, podcasting here. Okay. <laughs> okay. You could only keep two of the three. Mm-hmm. Diggs. You can only keep Diggs. You could keep Lamb. What's the other one I want to think about? Who's the third? Jack oh, or Steel. Parsons. Well, Parsons. Parsons. Oh, Parsons. Parsons. Coming Parsons coming um, uh, probably. You're keeping Parsons, right? That's Parsons and Lamb. Parsons yeah. and Lamb. Um, I think they can get it done to keep all of them. I don't, I don't think. Oh no, gonna, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah, no, no, I totally I'm get just exercise. having fun. I'm having fun um, doing. I would say I, Diggs is probably the most expendable, partially because of if you. Bland. I, uh, what's that? Bland. I mean, you got bland. Well, you've got I mean, bland. You you've got Gilmore. I think the pass rush that you get from Parsons can help cover over some of the deficiencies from your secondary times. But also, I mean, they've shown a, a better ability to draft edge rushers than they have corners. Um, you know, they've they've hit on Lawrence, Gregory, Armstrong, Parsons. Like they've hit on these guys. Yeah. And then at corner, they've had some significant busts lately Kelvin Joseph um Nishan Wright is not looking great right now um and so it it, you know maybe maybe edge is more of what they want to do I still have some optimism that Nishan Wright can turn into something I thought he was just very raw coming out and he was gonna need some time I'm hoping we see in training camp some more growth um but you've got Bland you've got Gilmore um Lamb is the position where you can most easily probably find talent Receiver, you can. There are receivers all over the place. It's just once you've got one of the very best. I don't want to give up what he and Dak have done together. Yeah, and hold my hold my beer, Jalen Tolbert. Man, Jalen, look. You Jaylen, know what? And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stomp on that kid. But I mean, he hey, he's doing all the right things. I think the fact that last year this time he had missed majority of the OTAs in the minicamp, and they felt like that he was going to pick things up, and they threw him in the deep end of the pool. And he couldn't swim. He couldn't swim. Yeah. I think he's better equipped with the knowledge of what he has to do in order to succeed. And they are putting they are putting their eggs in that basket right now. Didn't really address the wide receiver position, you know, with the exception of a seventh round pick. So to me, you know, I I kind of a feel and, and the trade for Cooks, pick, right? the trade for Cook, yeah. Jalen Brooks was the pick, but they also traded for Cooks, obviously. That's right. They did trade. Yeah, no, you're right about that. They did trade for Cooks. So I, I think they're given I think they're given this kid every every opportunity not to be challenged and, and to see if he if in fact that he's as good as everybody thought he was. Which I still I still believe. I'm, I'm gonna dance with the kid. I'm still Man, dancing he, with the I, kid. I saw the tape. I saw so many things to like. I on did the- too. Last year, yeah, and and I thought I thought the very early part of practice last year, training camp, he looked good in terms of just the ability. He looked like he could get open. He looked scared at the end, man. He just looked so scared trying to run routes, catch balls. He just it was like I don't know if it was confidence, lack of, scared, uh, just beaten down mentally. There was a lot going on in that young man's body playing football last year. Yeah, a lot going on in his head. Uh, he yeah. was – and look, I mean, like, you draw the analogy of he was thrown in the deep end and he couldn't swim. So, I yeah. mean, it, I think it yeah, gets – he was taking on water for sure. I, I, well, the other thing is I think it does get in your head at that point where 
when they then bring you back and try to teach you to swim, you have a fear of the three foot water. And yeah. so I think it, it really probably set him back a little bit. It rattled him. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it was only natural to start thinking like, it was this too big a jump? Like South Alabama to the NFL. Was I not ready for this? I'm, I'm sure those things went through his God, head. That tape was so natural. good. It was. I mean, he was going and getting balls, running routes. You know, he and talking smack. Played, played with talking a chip smack. on his shoulder. Yeah. Man. And there was no confidence last year. Mm. None Zero. Whatsoever. Zero. I, I, I mean, I, I had a better chance of going out there and running a curl and catching the ball. You know? I mean, he, I mean, you run he great fought curl every though. ball. God, he just yeah. – it, it was not natural at all. Not natural. Well, not not just that, but you also look at the fact that you remember Green Bay. He yeah. didn't line up right. That he didn't line up right. That's oh, how he, much he this heard guy it for me. He heard it from me at the studio. I was screaming at the TV at that. That, that that's how much I think Jalen Tolbert got in his head last year after things went south. Is he forgot to do my my son when he played middle school football, the the very first football that he ever played. He knew as a receiver to look over and give the thumbs up to the referee. Yeah, like exactly. the very beginning. We're talking about Jalen Tolbert making seventh grade mistakes last yeah. year. Yeah. And and we know that's not the type of football player that he was. So I think that speaks to how far he was set back and and what kind of trouble that that caused for him and and how much he was in his head. He seems in a much better place this year. Brian Schottenheimer gave him a ton of praise and also praised Brandon Cooks as somebody who, hey, he he really helped us out here and and has done a lot to, uh, you know, bring Jalen Tolbert along. And Dak Prescott gave him some praise too. A little little tough love praise maybe. Uh, it wasn't just glowing like, man, he's night and day. But he said, like, you know, yeah, he's he, he knows where he's supposed to be this year. He's on top of yeah. it. He knows what he had to work on, and he's done it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a positive. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. 
All right, Brian, I'm going to give you a uh, dealer's choice here, okay? We are going to I'll, I'll take a hit. <laughs> we are going to over the next few weeks uh, jump into the roster inventory and kind of go over the position groups. So would you like to start that today or would you like us to in this second segment kind of wrap things up, clean things up from uh, off-season workouts and where things stand at that point? Let's get on this roster. All right, let's do it. All right, so we're going to do a roster inventory over the next several weeks. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at the different position groups. We did this last year uh, around this time and just evaluating where there might be some cut candidates, where the starters are, where they may need to add, if there are any veteran free agents we feel like they could go after uh, to solidify the unit. So we're going to start today with the backfield, Brian Broaddus. So that includes your quarterbacks and your running backs. Uh, on the roster currently at quarterback, we have Will Greer, Dak Prescott, and Cooper Rush. Running backs are Malik Davis, Rico Dowdle, Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, Deuce Vaughn, and then the, the fullback, Hunter Lipke. Uh, but when we first take a look at that, Brian, let's start with the quarterback side, I guess. Obviously, Dak Prescott's your guy. Cooper Rush appears to be your backup. Biggest question I have right now at the yeah. end of this year is – Will Greer's spot and whether this is going to be a three quarterback team, especially with the new emergency third quarterback rule. Yeah. Do you feel like, though, Robert, that uh, Will Greer might have lost his sponsor along the way? That uh, Doug Nussmeyer, you know, I, I know, I, I, to be honest, I think last year when we were doing these podcasts, I was more interested in playing with Will Greer than I was Cooper Rush. You know, I'm like, well, maybe maybe the offense would be better. You know, they, they adjusted the offense great. Give Cooper Rush a lot of credit. And the one thing he did was he did a great job of protecting the football. The one game he didn't protect the football, they lost, even though they still had a chance to win the game, the Philadelphia game defensively. I think they played well enough to win the game. But they turned the ball over in that game. So I'll, I'll give Cooper Rush the nod for this right now. But I do wonder about Will Greer – and I do wonder if, you know, with his, the guys, you know, Doug Nussmeyer and others, does he still have that, uh, does he still have that uh, ability in the room uh, to, when they get into a meeting, that somebody will stand up and fight for him? Because Nussmeyer, Nussmeyer absolutely would. Nussmeyer recruited him to Florida, brought yeah, him here to yeah, Dallas. That, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was a big say. Now, I do wonder if, if not Greer, is it somebody? Like, is there some third quarter? Because with the emergency third quarterback rule, you don't have to carry them, be active. Right. It doesn't hurt to have a third quarterback available at your disposal. Do you think that could be Greer? Or do you think that if they were going to look in another direction, do you think they just say, let's minimize quarterback, we're keeping right. two, or do you think they go look for a third? Yeah, depending on how tight they get on these roster spots, you know, and again, we have to see what the flexibility now, is. Now, we know – and we know Mike McCarthy will fight for extra quarterbacks. He has done it before. He he will fight for extra quarterbacks before. There's no question about that. The thing with Will Greer is I think a lot of it has to do with what happens in the preseason. You know, is there somebody available that's better? But invested in Will Greer. You know, and we have to see what uh, the – I've always got to – before the start of the season, I always have to learn the practice squad rules. Because pandemic practice squad rules were different than what we're dealing with now that now that the, the pandemic is behind us, you know, is you know, the ability to carry veterans have that has that changed as the has the teams around the league said, No, 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 we need the 
that have veteran guys. It helps us. You know, the league going to continue to the team's going to continue to fight for that. I feel like the fact that they they don't have a another option currently in camp. I think I'm right about that. Uh, yeah. That 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 this if they're going to carry the third guy, it's going to be it's going to be Will Greer. I think they're far enough along. If there was somebody that they had, say they drafted Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, mm-hmm. who they were talking about. I think Will Greer would clearly be he would he wouldn't be here. But we'll see how things play out during uh you know during training camp and then we'll see how things play out in these preseason games and we'll see if there's somebody that gets released or are they able to get him to the practice squad uh if they if they have to just go with two. A lot more questions about the running back room uh than the quarterbacks right now. It, it's tough because you look at the running backs that they have in there right now. They've got Hunter Lipke. He's the fullback. The question he's will been getting a lot of work. You know, in the in, he has. I know you and I have been watching these uh, these OTA and mini camp practices. You've had the the fortunate uh, situation of being able to work on seven than me, which is a little bit more of a competitive period than what. Time I've noticed, like he was a guy that was getting that one-back set, much like what he was at North Dakota State. He was a one-back runner. This was not a true uh, Kyle Juszczyk of a fullback guy. This is a one-back runner was, you know, hand him the ball, and then he crosses over and does something else. So I running backs that the possibility of him, uh, you know, making this team, I think a lot of it will come down to his ability to – can he do those fullback things that they'd like him to do? And is he better? Is is he? Do they consider him a better player than maybe somebody else that they might keep as the third back? What if he's a special teams guy? What if he is a tough one back runner? You know, they, I, guy's got more of a possibility of making the, the third running back than he does maybe any other spot. Now, Brian, when you look at the running back room, I, I think that's a good point about Lipke, that maybe Lipke is viewed as more of a, a hybrid and that he maybe he's got some fullback traits, but he has been used as a running back in some of these practices. My question there, there's two part here. In fact, John Owning asked us about this, uh, about the skill set difference or, or your perspective on the grouping of Ronald Jones, Rico Dowdle, and Malik Davis. How do you view that trio of runners, and and who do you think is most likely to be the? I would guess the two of the three. I mean, this is tough. Is it Deuce Vaughn? I think Lipke's in. The, I think Lipke's in that. I think Lipke's in that mix, and and maybe Lipke is in that mix of a way that it's maybe. I, I don't know if you could get away with this, but you know they they probably carry four backs. If I had to guess, maybe they carry the fourth back instead of the quarterback. This is a position, Bobby, that I feel like that they don't like what's going on behind. Now, Deuce Vaughn, let's see with Deuce Vaughn, you know, that whole, you know, that whole thing. Deuce Vaughn will probably show up really, really well. He'll probably find a way to earn a running uh, spot here. But if if it's not Malik, if it's not Lipke, or it's not you see, I kind of feel like, Bobby, and this is one of those June conversations that you have. Maybe this is where you trade surplus to go get a back. Maybe if you, maybe there is a young back on someone's roster that you currently 
and you've got surplus at defense, you've got surplus at corner, you know, or wide receiver. This is where this is where I feel like the team going to be looking at the Cowboys if they don't see that you're you're doing a sufficient enough job in camp with your runs. That's where I look at the Cowboys maybe making a deal here. If they're going to trade for some surplus that they have position, this running back spot will be the, the spot that they do it at. All right, Brian. So I don't know about you, but personally, every single year that we, you know, last year uh, when it was Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, the year before and Dowdle was just involved. He wasn't, you know, going up against Malik Davis, obviously. I have been so impressed with Rico Dowdle. I've been waiting for him to get healthy. That's a guy who I think has real juice, real contact balance, real vision. Um, I think that the Cowboys would love it if Rico Dowdle could stay healthy and take hold of that job. I think they've wanted him to do that, and and that's no slide against Malik Davis, who I think they like. Um, but I think in their mind, Rico Dowdle is above Malik Davis for them. Where do you see that stack, and and how do you think Deuce Vaughn fits into that? Do you think that Ronald Jones is – I'm asking a lot of questions here, but do you think Ronald Jones's presence here is essentially – insurance against if one of our three young guys doesn't come through yeah. Jones is here yeah I, I absolutely think so I mean you you can the thing about Ronald Jones is you've seen him have production in the league before so that's we always talk about Will McClay and like how he likes to protect certain positions I mean protect when you bring in a veteran guy to okay you bring that veteran guy in just in case the young players that you really want to take the job don't get the job done. And I think you're absolutely right about Rico Dowdle. I think that I think Malik Davis, I think is unfortunate the things that happened to him at the end of the year last year, uh, you know, going into the playoff game. I feel like though that he has a little bit of a fresh start. You see him now, he's getting opportunities, new running back coach, new offensive coordinator, new really kind of a new opportunity for him overall. But yeah, I, I think with Rico, they they really like his running style, they like his ability to block. He catches the ball well. He's got some complete back traits to him, and I think that's something that they really, you know, they welcome. They, you know, you you just can't put guys on the field that can't totally function like you need them to function, and you know that's. The thing with with Deuce Vaughn, he is a he's a fun player to have. He's a tough player to have. Uh, he has some height limitations, you know. And how often are you going to be able to put him on the field for you know third down stuff? Is there blitz pickup? You know, I, I've seen toughness in him. I've seen the willingness, but is there the ability to finish? Is that ability to finish as a pass blocker? And you know, everyone's probably going out there. Well, damn, Brian, it's not that he didn't have to be a great pass blocker, but yeah, but he has to be good enough. You can't get run over. You can't give up pressure. You can't, you know, teams can't go into a game knowing that if you're in there, that they could just run over the top of you and get to Dak Prescott. So there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. And I think you're absolutely right about Rico as a guy that's being a fan favorite. But that's not to say that Malik Davis uh, doesn't have an opportunity as well. And and Jones, I think, is more of insurance that if the others that we've mentioned uh, don't uh, don't get the job done. One name here real quick. I, I mean, obviously we've talked about Dalvin Cook before and different guys like that. 
the Patriots on Monday released James Robinson. I'm sure you haven't been di- deep diving into James Robinson tape, so yeah. I'm not going to ask you to do anything like that. But have you uh, had a chance? I do to- know this about. I do know this. Him? No, about not about Robinson because again, I want to ask Gang a seven. You know, my guys and gals that watch tape, I do want to ask mm-hmm. them. Uh, I, I will say this, Dalvin Cook, and I, I had of the seven, I had four of them answer back to me, and they all believe, they're like, listen, Dalvin Cook can still play. You know, that, that's there's no question about Dalvin Cook. So wherever Dalvin Cook ends up, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury right now, and once he rehabs that, then they think everything is going to be okay with Dalvin Cook. But, I, that, I mean, the thing with Robinson, I, yeah, I need to ask – I need to ask Gang of Seven about about that because they're the ones that watch the tape. They're the ones that know if this guy can play or not, you know, and 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 go from there. But uh, I, I trust me. The next time that we convene on this podcast or we're on one of our shows, maybe the, the July Fourth show. I know that. Well, that's a long time away. But we'll we'll, we'll get that information uh, before uh, before long. Once I once I get to the Gang of Seven on it about Robinson. You- you are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love of the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. It's where we uh, solicit questions from our dear, sweet listeners. First one here from Brandon Laurie. He's asking, which wide receiver has the most approved in training camp? Simi Fihoko, Kevante Turpin, or Dennis Houston? It's a good question. It's a really good question. And we've started to see that Turpin is being used more as a, a possibility. And so that was something that you and I had talked about uh, post-Green Bay Packer game last year, that we were looking forward to the bye week and then Turpin being like special packages and stuff and getting him on the field. That never materialized. But uh, Houston, I think Houston is who he is. I think Houston is a pretty good practice player. I think he had an opportunity to shine, uh, to uh, to develop a little bit, to maybe get a leg up. I don't think he took advantage of that at all. The thing about Turpin is, and I mentioned him again, uh, that he is a shorter guy. He's explosive. We've seen him the capability of making big plays. I, I want to see him get more involved, and, and they're starting to do that. They're, they're, they're way starting to do that. Simi Fajoko, I think the hope for him is that he becomes a better version of Noah Brown. That's kind of where I see Simi Fajoko right now. If he's better able, athlete, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Simi Fajoko, I'll never forget watching that Stanford-UCLA game, and my man caught, like, it seemed like 17 passes that day. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you were, it was impressive. They, Stanford, I mean, UCLA couldn't stop him. 
And so I just remember that type of ability. But the hope for him is special teams, Noah Brown, toughness, athlete, that type of guy. I think that I think that they they all have something to prove. If I had to power rank them as far as where I think they might, uh, you know, where it might might fall, I would say Fajoko first, Turpin second, and Houston third. I think Houston is just kind of who he is. I think I agree with that order. Fajoko, this is year three. He was a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, um, it's somebody that there, you know, has, has really good gifts, and I'm I'm a big fan of Simi Fajoko. Yeah, um, good but guy, it's, really good guy. He, yeah. he is such a great guy. Uh, congratulations to him. He is a uh, new father, just had a, a baby boy. Yeah, um, but I, I think Simi's got the most. Turpin, while they're giving him more opportunity, Turpin's. Look, the Cowboys have said it from day one. He is a returner first. Yeah, that's what that's what he's here for. Um, you know, so I, I think that whatever he can add in the receiving room is is great and and will help, um, especially if they start feeling like, hey, Deuce Vaughn's here to challenge you on some of this return stuff because we saw he was not great in the second half of the season in the return game. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the last would be Houston because I agree. I think he kind of is what he is now. The biggest benefit for Houston is. What has been one of the big buzzwords this offseason? Communication. Communication, communication, communication. Brian, what did we hear all last summer is the reason why they loved Dennis Houston? Communicates with Dak. He is always where he's supposed to be. He knows where he's supposed to be. He yeah. he knows, uh, you know, Dak but knows. That can, only, that can only carry you so far. Sure, that, that, sure. That now. Like, but, I'm not keeping you. I mean, they kept him around. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, they put Ridgeway, the tackle, on the street to keep him mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now that's why that's why I say I think I have that right. Yeah, I, I you know, know you it are. was a wide receiver that they, you, yeah, that they activated. You are, you are. Yeah, it, it only it, here's the thing. It only gets you so far. But I will say this: when you're talking about a new scheme and a new system, and it's so timing based with what they're doing, I do think that the timing based, if it's about he is where he's supposed to be, and other guys, sure. are, that, that sure. might preserve him a spot. But I don't think there's anything new he can show. He is what he is. They I think he is it. what he is. And 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 hey, you know, God bless him for coming in here and, and and making the team off the jump the way he did. But I to me, he had his shot, and he never did anything once he had his shot to solidify why to keep him around. I know that sounds harsh, but the reality of it is that there's other receivers I would much rather see. Than Houston, I have an idea of what he is. I, I hope he, I, I hope he proves me wrong, but I, I, I have an idea. I think what he is, and that's just a guy that, like you said, he's in the right place at the right time. Is there anything other more dim, uh, dynamic about him? I really don't think so. Uh, next question here from Minnesota Wise Guys. Uh, I assume he's talking to both of us here, okay. um, but it, so. it may just be you. You don't seem to be as high on Jake Ferguson as others. Why? He might be talking to me. I I think that you know, I have not been as high on Ferguson as people. Okay, well then go ahead, I comment. Like go him. comment. Go ahead. You no, I, I, I like Ferguson. Look, here's the here's the reality of the situation. I can tell you with certainty this is how it played out. I know this is how it played out. Uh, Jake Ferguson was a pick that was made because they said if we don't get our guy now, we we're gonna we're not gonna have anybody. Yeah. And so Ferguson was not necessarily a guy that they prioritized and thought. Like, oh my gosh, this is a, a perfect fourth round pick for us. It was, there's a run on tight ends here. We got to snatch somebody up. And so they grabbed Ferguson. Ferguson was good last year. Um, I, I think he did some positive things. I like how steady he is. 
I think the upside is way higher on Schoonmaker, and I think it's higher on Peyton Hendershot. Um, And so I think it's kind of the same conversation about Dennis Houston, although obviously a better player in Jake Ferguson. But Ferguson, I think, kind of is what he is. I don't don't think Ferguson's got a a ton of room to grow or a ton of, uh, you know, room to – to develop more or or press defenses. I think he kind of is what he is. He can become a better version of himself, an improved version in certain areas, but his skill set is his skill set. And I, I think it's largely as a number two tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I to me that's where that's where I'm kind of uh, you know Linda Wells and you know the people in the organization, they love Hendershot. They, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right about him, you know, and I kind of feel like they, they're, it, it's a good group of tight ends. It really, Jay, Ferguson, he's, he is, he's looked better than I thought even coming out of Wisconsin. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had an idea what he, but he's gotten bigger. He looks a little bit more nifty, catches the I ball. I think he's more well. athletic than more, I saw in Texas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sometimes I think the same thing could be said about Schoonmaker coming out of Michigan. I think Michigan, I think Michigan didn't really showcase that Schoonmaker can catch the ball. I, I I think he can. You know, he's got the size, he's got the blocking ability. Uh, but this is all about Ferguson, and I feel like that you know talking to people over there, and I I like Ferguson, but I I do like what I'm hearing and seeing with with Hendershot, and I do, and you know me, I'm. I I'm a fan of Schoonmaker. I I you know him and Laporta from Iowa were my second round guys. So you know I I think they got I think they got the right guy when it came to that tight end spot. Next question here from Devin Boyle. Uh, give me some of your breakout candidates, i.e., who you think will break out and who needs to break out to have the biggest impact for the Cowboys. Uh, so Brian, maybe a name or two of guys on the roster that you think will have. A, a breakout type of year and a couple guys who you think the Cowboys really need to have a breakout kind of year. Okay. This is a guy I want everybody to kind of keep an eye on. I know last year I had uh last year I was talking about Dorrance Armstrong as being that guy. I think this is a year. I think they're going to figure out what Chauncey Golston can do as an under tackle or, a, or that three technique. You know where he plays on that outside shoulder. Yeah, I know that Osa Odigizua. I I think that I you know you could say him as far as breaking out, but he I I saw enough of him last year where I'm like I think Osa's going to have a really really good year. But the but the but Chauncey Golston. I I feel like okay full time, you know full time three technique playing inside, the coaching that he gets. I think that he's got that ability to be a really good run defender and also give you a little bit as a pass rusher, you know, attacking that that gap and getting up the field. So I would keep an eye on him as far as a guy that I really, really think that you you know, with with everything that he's doing uh with the group he's with on the defensive side of the ball, they figure out ways to use these guys. And make them and make them really uh, stand out. So Golston would be uh, that guy. I think another guy too is Israel Mukwamu. I think Mukwamu, he, you know, I like him a lot. When they were they were throwing all, they were getting guys off the street to play cornerback, 
and they they ha- and then all of a sudden they went with Mukwamu, and it was like, whoa, what are we doing here? But the fact that he could play safety, he could play corner, and Bobby, we've seen him line up in the slot on uh, some of these uh, these sub packages, sub being nickels and dimes and those packages. Yeah. You know, we've seen Mukwamu. I I kind of feel like that he's a guy that is going to probably find a way to get on the field, maybe initially as a dime player, but the fact that he's got that length and his ability to cover and be around the ball and he's more than physical enough, those are two guys I would I would say uh, have got my attention. I was ready for Mukwamu to switch to corner uh, last summer at training camp when – you've said it before, Brian. I, I want to see if you, you recall – what what is one of your favorite uh, when you're scouting corners on tape? Do you do you remember what one of your if you could break, you play the inside routes? Let me play. Well, if, if, yeah, if yeah. you can carry him, if you, you can, can carry. carry yeah, if you, yeah. If you can carry a receiver across yeah. the the field. Yeah, and I saw him do it twice in one practice to CD Lamb. Yeah, exactly. And break up the pass, and I went. What are we wasting time at safety for? He just yeah. carried, people have not yeah. been able to stop Lamb last training yeah. camp, exactly. and he did it two times in about six plays. Took yeah. him from the slot, carried him all the way to the other side of the field, stayed in his hip pocket, broke the pass up. And I, I saw that and I was like, we need more Israel Mukwamu immediately. Uh, a name to look at in terms of a guy who I think will break out. I think Demal Clark's going to have a good year. Yeah. I, I think that that's somebody who... Hell, this time last year, we weren't even sure he was going to play. It was, yeah. it was honestly, to me, a miracle that he played last I year. Agree. I agree. job Brett Brown getting him ready. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that this year he'll only be more prepared and more ready. And that's a guy that I think... They're counting on not just as a contributor on the football field. I think they're counting on him to to be a a you know blossoming leader uh, and somebody who can maybe a guy that replaces Van Der Esch after the twenty twenty three season. Absolutely, and I mean you want to talk about stuff that pops on film. You remember last year he caught Justin Fields to the sideline. That is not normal. A lot of yeah. people do that, and Damone Clark flew out there. Uh, the guy that I think they I'll name two that they need to break out. They need one of Nashawn Ryder, Kelvin Joseph to click. Yeah, this is year three. They need one of those guys to be really good this year. Um, and I feel more optimistic about that being right than Joseph at this point, just because I don't trust Joseph's mental makeup. Maybe Joseph point. as a safety might be something good. You never know. Maybe he's, he's willing to tackle. He is willing he to is. tackle. Yep. He absolutely is. He's he's willing to be physical. But those are the ones that stand out to me. I think Demon Clark will have a good year. I think they could stand any of their recent top 100 picks that were kind of questioning. So Jalen Tolbert, Nashawn Wright, Kelvin Joseph, they, they it would really help this team if they could get those guys. Yeah, Jabril Cox is another one they need to Cox get Cox is definitely another one. Neville Gallimore, this is yeah, a big I, I think Gallimore. the ship sailed on him. I think I, I think, well, and here's the thing. He's doing he looks a, good, though. I mean, physically, he looks good. Which is good because he came to camp overweight last weight, year. Yeah, weight, that was weight, really yeah. frustrating to them. All right, that does it for us here today on the Love the Star podcast. Uh, we will bring another episode to you shortly. We will uh, cover the, this roster inventory, taking a look at the different spots along the team that, uh, you know, how we feel about the position groups, where they still need to be stronger, who are some cut candidates. So we'll do that over the coming weeks. For Brian Bratis, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later.